0: Well, good morning, and it's great to be with you this morning and have the opportunity to share with you the Word of God. I I love that piece of music. It kind of gets the flavour of the Book of Ruth, and we're back in the Book of Ruth again today. And uh, I trust you've been reading it, uh, not just on Sundays, but through the week, and getting the flavour of the book and uh, allowing God to speak to you through it. And uh, as you've been reminded, if you've missed any, do go on the internet and catch up with them. This morning, we're not focusing on a particular individual character necessarily in the book, but on one word, hesed, and actually you pronounce it with a K because it's kind of got a guttural sound to it, so kesed is how you pronounce it, and it occurs three times in this particular book. Um, As a young person, I wasn't enamored by words. They're kind of everyday things that you kind of use, but over the years, I've got to really appreciate words and what they do, what they mean. Some are really ordinary and everyday, aren't they? And they're almost every sentence words like the, and, and. Useful useful little words that introduce or link things together but don't have a lot of meaning to them. And, And then there are big words, aren't there, like awesome and majestic or transcendent, which will immediately send your mind out in various directions. And then there are words like love and and hope, which really require a lot of unpacking. And words also carry increased freight with them when they're linked to other words around them. Oliver Wendell Holmes said this, he said, A word is not a crystal, transparent and unchanged, It's a skin of a living thought and may vary greatly in color and content according to the circumstances and time in which it is used. I think that is a beautiful description of words. You know, you just read them every day, don't you? You pick up your newspaper, you read your Bible, you you listen to them and there's words and words and more words and uh, big words and small words and and, uh, we don't think much of them. But over time, you discover the value of words. Um, One such little big word uh, in Hebrew is kesed. And would you like to try and pronounce that? Kesed, say it with a K, kesed. There we are, kesed. So you say it from the kind of the back of your throat, as it were. It occurs 246 times in the Hebrew Bible and is probably the most loaded word in the whole of Scripture. It means uh, a lot on its own, and it means a whole lot more when we see it in relation to other words. And in our English Bibles, it's translated by a variety of terms, such as steadfast love, loving kindness, which the translator, Miles Coverdale, uh, originated in order to to try and describe this word, Kesed in English, loving kindness. Mercy, faithfulness, trustworthiness, loyalty, compassion, goodness, great kindness, favour, and loyal love. So if you're like me, I've got several versions of the Bible on my shelves, and I go through them and I look at them, and and just to notice the, the different variety of words that translators use to try and get to the heart of what this word means, which gives us some idea of the complexity and the nature and the meaning of this word. And so it occurs three times in the book of Ruth, in chapter 1, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 20, and chapter 3, verse 10. And yet, even though it only occurs three times in this small book, the whole book is actually infused with the idea, with the concept of keset. And so the Moabiteses, Ruth and Orpah, they exhibited in their kindness to their Jewish husbands and to Naomi, And Naomi's desire that the Lord would show the same to them. And so we read in one verse, May the Lord show chesed to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. And then Ruth, the Moabitess, displays it in her unwavering love and commitment to her Jewish mother-in-law, Naomi, in seeking out and finding work in order that they should have enough. And you see that there in chapter 2. And when Ruth brings home her gleanings, Naomi declares in 2 verse 20, He, that is Yahweh, that is God, has not stopped showing his hesed, his chesed to the living and the dead. That was quite a statement for um, For Naomi, because Naomi had lost everything. Uh, They had left their home, as we've heard uh, many years before. She has lost her husband. She has lost her sons. And she feels bitter. And yet she is still able to say in this moment that the Lord, Yahweh, has not stopped showing his hesed. What a wonderful thought that is. What a wonderful thought indeed. And we see it in Boaz's concern and care for Ruth as a Moabitess and in making sure that she was well supplied. And Naomi displays it in her concern for her Moabite daughter-in-law, Ruth, that she finds a husband and would be provided for. We see that in chapter 3. And then Boaz uses Kesed to describe Ruth's actions when he finds her at his feet, and he says, this Kessed is greater than that which you have shown me earlier. And then Boaz ultimately demonstrates it in his commitment to the role of the, the family redeemer in order to preserve the line by, by marrying Ruth and Moabitess. And so it's a fascinating word. It's an exciting word. It's a stimulating word. And, and we've been singing about the greatness and the love of God. And I, and I just pray that you will somehow get excited about this word. And as we go through it, you'll go away and think, I want to learn more about Kesed. I want to know God's Kassed. I want to be a, a, a one who lives in Kesed, who shares Kesed with others. It is then very much love in action. When we read this book, we see it both horizontally in their relationships with one another and how they love and they care for one another and they go the extra mile for one another. And we see it horizontally in that relationship with, with God, vertically rather, in that relationship with God and, and, and God's relationship with them. Hesed then, is, is also devotion and it's an undying commitment that goes be, beyond the requirements of, of duty, doing what, whatever it takes to meet the need. Ruth left her family. She left her homeland. She she left her gods to to follow Naomi back to her homeland and devote herself not only to to serving Naomi, but also to serving the God of Israel. That says something about the witness of Naomi, even in the midst of her bitterness, that Ruth says, I'm, I'm quite happy to go with you, and I want to go with you all the way. And your God... Your Yahweh will be my God. That was an astounding statement indeed. And so, Kesed is a devotion and undying commitment that goes beyond the everyday requirements. And Hesed is also a covenantal word involving enduring loyalty and love that is demonstrated in an unwavering commitment to the parties involved. And in the book of Ruth, we have a backstory the backstory of the covenant love of God, where God is providentially overseeing and, and guiding events through the, the faithfulness of a, a family in times of great difficulty. And they have been through massive times, this famine in the land, this this loss of a husband and and sons and being in a foreign land and, God, what is all of this about? And they could have asked all sorts of questions. And yes, certainly, Naomi at times felt bitter in her heart about it. But nevertheless, she still knew that God was a God of hesed, of of covenant-keeping love. And so this, this family, you see God at work in this family in this great time of difficulty and loss to, to bring about his sovereign purposes in fulfilling the plan of redemption. Brothers and sisters, you don't know how God is working. We're not up there looking down on us. We, we're in our little worlds, and we're caught up with the, the everyday ups and downs of our own lives, and sometimes we, we wonder where God is, but he is there, hallelujah. He is a God who is present with his people. He's a God of covenant-keeping love. And and so we see him right there with with this family, right there with Naomi, right there with with Ruth. We see, see him in the process of delivering Israel from the anarchy of everyone doing what was right in their own eyes to the establishment of the reign of King David, a man after God's own heart, which is God's desire that he should have men and women after his uh, own heart. What a wonderful thing that is, that that's what God wants of us, that's what he desires of us. And so in the process, God redeems Ruth, a a Moabite, and he includes her in the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, I, I think this is wonderful, isn't it? that this Moabites who had nothing to do with the God of Israel gets loved by God, gets drawn into the family of God and gets cl- included into, the co- in, into this covenant-keeping relationship of God. And in so doing, God reveals his great love for the nations, which was always there. Israel was always meant to be demonstrating God's great heart for the nations, and so often they failed. And here in this little story, we just see a little glimpse of God's great love for the nations. Hesed then. Chesed is a, it's a big word. It's a, it's a word that pulls a, a variety of words into its orbit, words like justice and truth and compassion and loyalty and commitment. And the Bible reveals that God is himself full of kesed. It is a a relentless extravagance on his part which is is seen in creation in the first place that right from the very beginning God who is himself kesed pours out his love and and demonstrates it by creating a world and creating humanity within his, his own image and taking a risk with them and giving them freedom of choice. We see that, that relentlessness and that, that extravagance in, in redemption as he comes to us in Jesus in order to redeem. So we see the hesed of God throughout this grand story of creation and redemption. It's an opening of his life to ours. And that's what kesed is. It's an opening up of our lives to one another. It's an opening of God's life to us. And that invitation to come in and enjoy the life of God. That invitation when we we demonstrate kesed, to come and share our lives, to partner together. And over and over again, we, we see it in the stories of Scripture, Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets and ultimately, of course, Jesus. And yet, over and over again, we we see God's hesed being rebuffed, only to find that such hesed doesn't give up. Hallelujah. You know that? You you can see yourself in the story, because we know how many times we let him down. We know how many times he fails, and yet time and again we discover God is hesed. He loves us in this way. When God revealed himself to Moses, he said as he passed him by, he said, the Lord, or Yahweh, passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled or rich in with unfailing love, hesed that is, and faithfulness or truth. I lavish unfailing love, hesed, to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. I mean, what a God!" What, what love, what compassion, what mercy, what kindness. Unless we should think that this is some kind of cheap, wishy-washy, anything-goes kind of love, he goes on to say, but I don't excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the, the parents upon the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Now, in saying that, it doesn't mean that later generations are punished because of their father's sins. They may suffer the consequences, as we we find out later on, that Israel did. But that each is responsible and accountable to God for his own sin. But within the context of it, we see that this God is loving and gracious and merciful and more willing to forgive than we could possibly imagine. If only people would acknowledge their sin and turn to him, and he just says, I forgive you. I forgive you. The startling revelation of Scripture is is really not so much that God is holy. We would expect God to be holy. And certainly Scripture reveals that God is other than or or holy. And the the angels cry out day and night before God, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come and evermore will be. So Scripture reveals God as an utterly holy God. God. The staggering revelation of Scripture is that he is Hesed, He is Cassette, something quite unlike any of the gods of the nations that surrounded them. It was a concept that didn't exist elsewhere. And we see it in, in Moses' encounters. And we, if you go and read the story of Moses, Moses' first encounter with God as he comes to that bush when he's in the wilderness near Sinai, as he comes to it and, and he, he's, he's kind of wondering what's going on with this bush. This bush is flame, and it's burning and it's burning intensely and yet it's not being consumed and his interest piques him and he, he goes over and he, he wants to have a look and find out what's going on. And God suddenly speaks out of the bush, Stop, Moses, the ground on which you're treading is holy It reminds him of his holiness absolute holiness and we know that how Moses went up the mountain and he was up there a long long time and, and he was getting instructions from God and, uh, and when he came down well God said to him you better go down because there's problems down, down, down on the ground as it were and, and he went down and, and, and they made a calf and they were worshipping this calf and so on this golden calf and, and, and he, he broke the tablets that had been given to him by God of the commandments. And God's judgment broke out because of it. And he goes back up into the mountain again. And, and this time he's up there again for a long time. And this time, though, he encounters God in a, in a way that he hadn't done before. And it is in this context that we, we hear those words where God reveals his said, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with or rich in with an unfailing love and faithfulness, lavishing and unfailing love to a thousand generations. And we read when, when God revealed himself like this to Moses, he was just like, oh my goodness. And he's just so overwhelmed, he just bowed down. This God, this holy God who is so full of said so willing to forgive. So willing to forgive, and it just awed him. I wonder, are you awed by this love of God? This amazing love that has reached out to you in Jesus Christ and keeps reaching out to you time and time again when you, you fail. And you wonder whether he can forgive you again. And you encounter his love and his mercy and his grace and his goodness and his kindness. And he forgives you for the millionth time. And you wonder, how long can you go on forgiving me, Lord? How long will you put up with my weak state? And he forgives you again and again and again. Such is the hesed of God. Moses' encounters, you think of Israel time and again, they discover that there is no God like you in heaven or on earth who keeps his covenant and said with your servants who walk before you with all of their heart. You read of the Psalms, they're, they're full of Kesed. It occurs 127 times and in, in many of which it's celebrated. God, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. <laughs> because they're so excited that God should love them and forgive them and welcome them and include them in his purposes. In some of them, it becomes a kairos word, a kairos moment, a a word of of kairos nature, a transformational word. As the the psalmist, through his experience, he he laments everything that is either going on in his life or everything that's going on around him. And his lament, and he pours out his lament to God, and in, in the midst of this lament, he remembers and he reflects on and encounters the hesed of God. And it changes things. Go to Psalm 13 and read it. Go to Psalm 69 and read it. And, it. and so it becomes a transformational word. And how many times have you or I found that? We thought, oh my God, I've blown it. I've, it's, I don't know what to do, God. And we, we, we fall on our knees and we read the scriptures and, and we hear God saying, I love you, my child. My son died for you. He paid the price for all your sin. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. In Psalm 136, it's repeated numerous times. We get it over and over again. For his steadfast love endures forever. If I would encourage you to have a theme for this week, would it be just that? That his steadfast hesed endures forever. His steadfast hesed endures forever. And then we think of the prophets. I will tell of the Lord's unfailing love, the unfailing hesed. I will praise the Lord for all that he has done. I will rejoice in his great goodness to Israel, which he has granted according to his mercy and love. That is his hesed, Isaiah 63, 7. Micah 7, 8 says this. He says, who is a God like you, forgiving iniquity and passing over rebellion? For the, for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not hold on to his anger forever because he delights in Chesed. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah? Isn't that wonderful that God delights in Chesed? And we should delight in it too. How many of you have read Lamentations recently? Bits of it, just one bit of it, otherwise no one. It's not a book we're trying to like, is it? Because it's full of lament. It's kind of got this heaviness about it. And Jeremiah, in the midst of this experience that he's going through in Israel, in the midst of his lament, he says in Lamentations 3.22, he says, because of the Lord's faithful Kassed, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. (laughs) That's the bit. That changes everything, doesn't it? That changes everything, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it may be that you're in the midst of a lament at this moment. It may be that as a result of this last year, maybe loss in various ways, things that you just don't understand. You're in that kind of a position where... You're in the midst of lament, and that's okay. And God wants to bring you to that encounter with himself, whereby you encounter his hesed. And you discover the greatness of his love, and his mercy, and his kindness, and his goodness, and his faithfulness, and his trustworthiness. And of course, the fullness of hesed is embodied in Jesus. If we ever really wanted to know what Hesed is like it's to look at Jesus. It's to take a long look at him. And I wonder whether you've done that recently. Have you taken a long look at Jesus? You know, not just a fleeting look, but a long look and and seeing the Hesed of God in Jesus Christ, that God commended his love towards us and that why we were sinners, why we were rebellious, rebellious, why we were throwing dirt in his face, he loves us and he comes after us and he pursues us with every ounce in his body, if that's the right expression. And then hesed again is demonstrated at Pentecost, where Jesus, having paid the price for all our sin, having atoned for us that we might be forgiven, that we might be related to God, we might know God as our Father, as we've been talking and singing about in our worship this morning. That we might know the fullness of his blessing in this strange life that we are living. He says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send one just like you, just like me, to be with you wherever you are. Do you know the Hesed of Pentecost? The Hesed of the outpouring of the Spirit? The dwelling of the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your life, that fullness? Going to invite the band to come up as we draw to a close. But you'll discover that Kesed is just. I mean, we could go on. I could spend the rest of the afternoon talking about Kesed because it is such an amazing word. And I hope I've given you something of a taster for this Kesed of God. It's no ordinary love, it is, it is loyal, it's covenant. it is committed, it's steadfast, it's generous, and it's unending. And God's design and desire is something of that Kesed should show up in us and be manifested through us to the world in which we live. So do you know this morning, today, wherever you are, what time of day it is, do you know God's Kesed? Whereby he has opened up his life to you in Jesus and he invites you in today through him. And whatever your circumstances, I believe God wants to assure you of his care That he is a God of covenant love. A love that endures forever. That however dark your moment seems at this time, he is with you. He is present to you. His love endures forever. He cares for you. And on this Pentecost Sunday that he gives his spirit freely. We don't earn the gift of the spirit. He gives his spirit to us and we welcome him. So I'm going to invite you to stand in the room and stand at home. You may want to kneel just in these kind of moments that are just precious and holy. Just to know that God is Hesed. And in His Hesed, He loves you like nobody else ever will. In Jesus, He has come and brought salvation. And through His Holy Spirit, He sheds that Hesed abroad into our hearts and into our lives. I want to encourage you to welcome Him where you are, just to be amazed at His Hesed towards you towards you.